0: Good morning, dear Sangha. Um, today is uh, February the eighth, two thousand and four, and we are in the Deer Park uh, Monastery during our winter retreat. <coughs> our bear master today is uh, Sister Maying, adornment with uh, plum blossom. She's a French nun, and she was ordained as a novice at the age of. Eighteen, yes, eighteen. She is doing very well. They has received uh, many letters from you, and there are are letters expressing uh, happiness, and joy. And there are also a number of questions that are that can be uh, disturbing, because. Um, um mm, there are situations uh, that are difficult. We have to uh, try to deal with it. It is a beautiful uh, letter beginning with uhthai I have arrived and another another right uh, the letter ending with uh, your transmission of the Dharma to me is the most precious gift I will ever receive. I do my best to deepen my practice. This morning, I would like to read to you three questions. Um. The first, if nothing is created and nothing dies, where is the beginning? Where are the elements that come together to form the beginning? The fact is that uh, uh, we have been uh, learning about uh, the sixteen exercises of, of mindful breathing offered by the Buddha, and the first four uh, deal with uh, breath and body. The second four uh, deal with uh, feelings, and the next four that we are going to to uh, to learn. Uh, that's to deal with the mind, with all the mental formations. And the last four are to deal with our perception. And object of our perceptions. And this question uh, is about perceptions. Uh, is about uh, the object of our perception. The nature of reality. Uh, the nature of no birth, no death, no coming, no going and and so on And there is a continuity in our uh, teaching and practice. If you can uh, only come on Sunday you miss uh, the talk on Wednesday morning and that is why it would be good if you can um, you can get the tape, of uh, Wednesday morning, in order to better understand the Dharma talk of uh, Sunday morning, there is a continuity in the teaching and in the practice. Uh, on Wednesday, we we, we learn about uh, how to deal with uh, pain and tension in the body and in our feelings. We learn about the second arrow. We learn about the practice of relaxation, not only for the body, but also for the feelings. If we can relax our body, we can relax also our feelings. We call it embracing and bringing a relief to our feelings. Instead of trying to run away, we we recognize our feeling. We embrace it tenderly. We allow it to calm down, exactly like we do with our body. And there are psychotherapists, there are doctors who need to know these techniques in order to help uh, the patients. And uh, we need to to go step by step. In order to arrive at the contemplation on the nature of reality, it means the object of our perception, like the mountain, the stars, the river, the other person, they are all objects of our perception. And to meditate means to have a chance to look deeply into. That reality to find out to touch the ultimate uh, uh, dimension of all these. And in uh, Christianity or Judaism, you may call it God, ultimate uh, reality. And in Buddhism, we call it uh, Nirvana or Suchness. So that is the aim of the four last uh, exercises uh, presented by the Buddha. Inquiring about the nature of reality, so this question is about that, and uh, we have to wait a little bit before we come to to, to this teaching. You just hear about uh, nothing is created, nothing is uh, dies, and we have a lot of questions. But you should know how to how to uh, how to allow our question to write, like uh, making the compost. The second question: I often feel I have no reason to continue to live. I I often feel I have no reason to continue to live. If there is no birth, no death, no death, no fear, and I feel ready to live, is it all right? So this question is also uh, also belong to to the kind of teaching uh, dealing. Dealing with the ultimate dimension of reality, and this question is very interesting. I feel I I feel ready to live. Is it all right? This is a, a very good object, a very good subject of meditation. You are ready to leave, but where will you go? And where have you come? And now you want to go. And when you go, you leave all of us you behind. Is it possible? Stop the world, I want to get out. <cười> so this is a very interesting subject of meditation. It can bring you a lot of excitement. Because you have a body You have a mind. It's very interesting to inquire about it. Very exciting, very interesting. The person who write, who 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 has written this question, she may be tired of life because she does not feel interest in life. But we have our thirst, our desire to understand and to love, and the seed of understanding and of love in us has not been water. That is why we don't feel that strong desire to explore and to love. So this question is is very important. It can save people, it can save yourself, it can make you into a Buddha, a Bodhisattva. The third question is longer. Dear Thai, for 15 years I have been working as a medical doctor in a health center with two other doctors. We provide health care for immigrants, refugees. Illegal people, prostitute, and 15% Dutch people. This doctor has come from Holland. The way the health system in Holland is set up is that the doctor has to have a contract with the insurance. The doctor gets paid three consultations per patient per year. About thirty minutes per patient per year. Even if the patient comes ten or fifteen times a year, so the more extra time a patient comes, the more the health center loses money, because extra consultation. It means more than three year are not covered. To keep the health center going, we have to see, from forty to fifty patients a day. I have been. I, and, I ha, and I have to be on call for any emergency of my patients between eight o'clock to six o'clock in the afternoon. Have to do house calls in lunch time. Have to plan meetings with other health professionals, like social workers, psychotherapists, uh, interpreters. 10% of my patients come from Morocco and Turkey and do not speak enough Dutch to explain their problems in their lunch break, etc. My whole day is filled with consultation, meetings, households, etc. Our patients do not know much about healthy living, healthy eating, healthy relationships. Our poor people with lots of debt. If they have work, it's hard, uh, unhealthy work. And they suffer a lot from overweight, overweight, high blood pressure, diabetes, chronic lung problems, chronic heart problems. They come on average six or seven times a year to the health center, and we get paid only three times. So we always work too hard and go from financial crisis to financial crisis. We are politically, we are politically active to change the system. But with any step forward, this seems there seems to be another step backward, and now the economy in Holland is in a decline, so there is less money for health care centers. People suggest stopping to take three breaths when the telephone rings. The reality is that there are five telephones line ringing all the time, and there is a backup. Is a backup of patients on cold waiting and people suggest that do not see more than 30 patients a day set a maximum this is impossible we have to see every patient that show up between 8 o'clock to 18 in the afternoon if we refuse to see them we are punishable by law so after a day like this i come home tired and stressed out if i meditate i either fall asleep or my mind goes over all the things I did in the day, so I have come to the Deer Park for nine weeks to look deeply into my situation. Should I keep working at the health center if the situation is so difficult? If I leave, I do not know what will happen because not many doctors will want to work that hard for so little money. So this center um, receive uh, immigrants, refugees. Illegal people without paper, prostitutes, and only 15% Dutch people. I think when the situation is difficult like that, you would like to stay with us and would not go, wouldn't like to go away. Because we need you to help. That we have uh, compassion, we have the willingness to help the poor, the uh, destitute people. But we are because, uh, uh we, we are on the process of uh, burnout. We cannot continue like this. Uh, we have been uh, advised to. To set a limit, we have been advised to practice uh, mindful breathing, mindful smiling. Uh, when the telephone rings, we have uh, been advised to see only maximum of thirty patients, but it seems impossible because uh, you cannot just say no. And if you say no, you'll be punished also by the law, not by not only by your consciousness, your conscience, but also by by law. And as you have uh, finished your education, you have a job, and still you suffer like that. Last month, last month uh, we got uh, a report from a friend from Washington DC telling us about uh, the outcome of the retreat uh, organized for members of the Congress in Washington DC. And he said that there is one congressman who practices walking meditation on Capitol Hill. Uh, he said he cannot survive without that from his office to the place where he voted he stopped all the thinking altogether and focused his attention on the path and on 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 his breath and he said that is the only time when he could practice in his office uh, things go on uh, all the times, he doesn't have a time to stop. He has to see many people, to work his staff, with his staff, to meet so many people and so on. And he, when he goes home, he's also very busy. So the difficulty is not just for doctors or psychotherapists, but also for politicians who have a lot of power of uh, in the hands uh, members of the congress who came to the to the the talk and the retreat they have benefited a lot and many of them have put uh, into practice what they have learned and now they want a second retreat for for, for members of the Congress, and we don't know when we can offer it. I think the first uh, element of the uh, to the answer should be should be look uh, for. In our, in our way of organizing our day, we agree with each other. We have agreed with each other that we have to preserve ourselves in order to be able to continue. Any monk like me, like myself. Has to practice preserving myself also, in order to continue. And we preserve ourselves with the practice. Suppose when you eat your lunch or your breakfast, everyone has to 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 eat something during the day. So during during the time of eating, we are not supposed to do other things. Eating, we focus only on eating. So eating becomes a a practice. Our doctor uh, has the time for breakfast and he should practice during his breakfast time. He can stop the thinking about the work. He just focus his attention on the food and eating in such a way that freedom be possible during the time of eating and get in touch with the food deeply and if uh, if uh, his family if his friend is eating with him and then they form a sangha uh, while eating and they support each other this is something you can do and when you go to your car from your office why don't you practice uh, walking meditation like that, Congressman? Instead of uh, hurrying, uh, you enjoy every step walking, like walking in the kingdom of God. You can very well do that, and small things like that will make uh, a big change. Even if you have to move from uh, uh, for a short distance, three meters, four meters, you can always uh, practice uh, mindful breathing, mindful walking, And you do like a Buddha, a Bodhisattva, moving around mindfully and peace can be obtained during that, these steps. In the Deer Park Monastery, we go to the meditation hall by walking. And we are allowed half an hour to go from the place where we live, where we sleep, to the meditation hall. That's a luxury. Half an hour to walk from from your tent, from your dorm to the meditation hall. I think uh, the, our organizing committee. It's a very generous. They gave us half an hour to walk from the lower hamlet, the Clarity Hamlet, to, to the. And there are those of us who profit very well from the occasion and they can enjoy every step and get completely released during the time of walking. Walking up to the meditational or walking down to the meditational. They work like a Buddha they can afford to work like a Buddha because 30 minutes are given to them to do so and yet there are those of us who can, who cannot work like that who do not know how to profit and even if uh, we see other people working uh, like a Buddha uh, uh, we are not inspired to do like them because there is a, a habit energy push in us pushing us to do things quickly, because working fast and thinking, unable to stop, that is a, a habit, a habit. The energy of that habit has been transmitted by our parents, our ancestors. And that is why uh, the practice of mindful breathing. Mindful walking, in order to recognize the habit of energy of running, is very important. And the sight of a brother or a sister, whether monastic or lay, walking freely with joy, should be a bell mindfulness for all of us. We should be able to walk like that, like Buddha. We have the feet, the we have the Buddha feet, that has been transmitted to us by Thai. You cannot say that. Well, I don't have Buddha feet. You do. <laughs> you have to use your Buddha feet and walk to be nice to Thai and to the Buddha and to yourself. And when it become a habit, you walk like that everywhere. I think it's wonderful that that congressman can can practice uh, walking meditation on Capitol Hill. Our doctor, who has come from Holland, uh, he will be here until the twelfth. So he still have a number of days in order to work it out, to look deeply, and to make um, to 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 see uh, how he would uh, practice when he go home there. What kind of practice he can incorporate into his daily life—walking, eating, breathing, taking a shower, brushing his teeth. Of course, he has already heard about tooth brushing in in mindfulness. We have one or two minutes for brushing our teeth, but it is possible to brush our teeth in such a way that the kingdom of God be possible during the time of uh, teeth brushing, tooth brushing. You go and you go to the bathroom. Uh, you can relax. You can practice peace. Smile, smiling, and so on. And when you drive from your home to the health center, you can very well drive in mindfulness, breathing and smiling. You don't need to come to 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 go into a meditation hall in order to practice mindful breathing and smiling and relax. In your car, you can do that. Many people are driving. But you are a bodhisattva, a mindful, an awakened person driving. That is the only way to cope with the difficult situation, the stressful situation in our society. And then you have to sit down with your with your colleagues in the clinic, in a health center, and discuss the strategy of survival, because they also your colleagues are also facing the same kind of uh, situation. You have to to help yourself first, and then the next step is to call on the support of other people because there are good-hearted people in society if they know that you are helping uh, poor people, destitute people, immigrants, illegal people uh, And if they know how helpful you are for these people, to these people, and then there will be people in Holland that are ready to to help. During the war in Vietnam, we get thousands of Dutch people supporting us in the work of taking care of orphans created by the war. And many thousands of Dutch people have volunteered to help, uh, uh, contributed to help um, taking care of uh, orphans in Vietnam created by the war. And many Dutch people are very, very generous. And when, they, when you tell them what you are doing and the difficult situation uh, that you face, I think that many people will come to help you by one way or another. And not only in Holland, in Germany, in other countries, you, you must be this, do the same. You are a doctor, you are a psychotherapist, you are a school teacher, you are a social worker. You face exactly the same situation. And the teaching of the Buddha, the practice uh, proposed by the Buddha can bring it, can bring a change into your daily life, can make a big difference. And if you know how to set up a Sangha to nourish your practice, and then your group will be a refuge for many people. The Sangha will protect you, the Sangha will nourish you and support you in your work. Your Sangha will be like an island as a refuge. So that you will not be carried away by the waves in the ocean. And when we set up a practice center like uh, Plum Village or park uh, we do exactly that—something like that. Uh, create a ref- creating a refuge so that you uh, you you can. You can be supported, and you can offer yourself as a refuge for other people. I think there are enlightened people in our society. They know what is going on, they know the suffering, the stressful. situation of many people. They know uh, the suffering of young people, children and adults and if they are presented with uh, um, with uh, a proposal, they can help uh, deal with the situation and uh, they are ready to, to come and help you. So I hope that uh, these words will uh, bring you hope. And you go back to Holland with more energy and open up new doors for yourself, for your colleagues, and for your friends. So you might continue to write Thai and ask questions like this so that the teaching will be more appropriate. Last time we spoke about uh, um, uh, how to how to take care of uh, our feeling. There are four exercises on the realm of feeling, and the first one is how to how to bring about the feeling of joy. The second, uh, the second, exercise is how to bring about the feeling of happiness. And we have learned that uh, uh, the practice of letting go can bring joy and happiness. The practice of mindfulness can bring uh, bring in joy and happiness. The practice of uh, concentration can also bring a lot of joy and happiness. And if you continue, you can see that the practice of faith, of confidence, can bring a lot of happiness also. And the practice of diligence can bring a lot of happiness also. Perhaps you have heard about uh, the the, um, the five uh, kinds of energy, the five powers, and the f- and the and the first power, the first kind, the first source of energy is uh, is uh, faith. But this uh, is better translated as uh, confidence and trust, as understood by the teaching of uh, Patriarch Linji. You who don't have enough confidence in yourself, the confidence that you have the capacity of becoming a Buddha, the capacity of transformation and healing, and you are seeking these things outside. You who do not have enough confidence in yourself, so faith thin should be translated as confidence rather than faith, because faith is your faith on something, someone outside. La confidence and not uh, la foi. And when and when you have the need of faith in you, you are very strong in the gospel it is said that if you have faith you can move a mountain that's a poetic way of of describing that energy and if you have put into the practice a teaching of the Buddha and if you find out that that teaching is that practice is effective it can bring you mindfulness concentration and joy and then Faith, confidence is born from this, not from someone people say. Faith, confidence not only in ideas, but in the outcome of your practice. When you practice walking, and if you succeed in mindful walking, you see that you are light, you are solid, you are free, and your confidence is born. From that kind of experience. So this is not a superstition. This is not um, uh, uh, relying on something outside, on some someone outside, of yourself. And this can bring a lot of happiness. If you don't have faith, if you don't have that energy of confidence, you suffer. Even the Buddha is inside, the Dharma. Taking refuge in the Buddha in myself, taking refuge in the Dharma in myself, in the Sangha in myself, is very clear. And the second source of power is PAN, which means diligence. Diligence. Your daily practice. Bring about transformation. Diligence in the teaching of the Buddha is very concrete. There are concrete things you do in your daily life, and if you do it every day, uh, that is called diligence. Suppose this is our our consciousness, and this is the lower part of our consciousness called store consciousness. It is like the land, the soil. The ground with many uh, seeds preserved in it. In our store consciousness, there is a seed of joy, of forgiveness, of mindfulness, of concentration, of insight, of equanimity. But there are seeds of anger, of hate, of despair, and so on. And all these seeds are kept by store consciousness, and one of the functions of the store consciousness is to maintain all these kind of seeds. In the upper we have the seeds of Uragula. Uh, in the in in the ground, if you work uh, the land and you water, that plant you They are preserved by the seed. We also have the seed of understanding, compassion, uh, forgiveness in us. We cannot say that I do I don't have these seeds in me. The seed of awakening. Uh, Understanding, compassion are always in us. And they are part of your uh, Buddha nature. Your Buddha nature is innate. The problem is how to help this seed to manifest. And you need the practice of watering. You water not the negative seeds like the seed of anger or confusion. But you water the seed of uh, mindfulness, concentration, <coughs> compassion, and so on. And every time a seed is water, it manifests itself on the upper level of consciousness called uh, mind consciousness. So mind consciousness is like um, the living room, and store consciousness is like uh, the basement. There are things you don't like to be in the living room, so you put them all in your store consciousness in in, in, in the in a cave. And uh, if uh, we water a seat of joy of uh, compassion that seed will manifest itself on the level of my consciousness and it can make the living room beautiful pleasant. When you read an article when you listen to a conversation uh, you are watering these seeds. so be be aware that the film you watch or the article you read my 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 uh, my touch trigger the seat of violence, the seat of despair and they will manifest here. And diligence here means the practice of selective watering. The first step is that Negative seat in stock consciousness. If they has not, if they has not arise, that has not manifested, keep them down there. Don't give them a chance. That's the first step. So, so in your daily life, be careful, not to allow these seats. The chance to manifest. We don't suppress, but we just don't give them a chance. That is why you have practiced Yoniso Manaskara, means appropriate attention. Manaskara means attention. Uniso means appropriate, appropriate attention. When people invite the bell and you pay attention to the bell, suddenly the seat of mindfulness in you is touched and you begin to breathe in and out mindfully. And pay the, pay the, paying attention to the sound of the bell is a appropriate attention. In your practice center, in your family, you should have a sound, sight that can help you touch the whole something within yourself, and try to 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 not to expose the sight and the sound that will touch off uh, the negative, the the of craving, the seed of anger in you. This is the first. Um, the first practice. And you need intelligence in order to practice that. You have your partner, you have your children, you have your friends. Protect them. Create a kind of environment where they, they don't touch the things that bring about uh, um, the watering of the negative seeds. So the five the fifth mindfulness training is about mindful consumption. The kind of consumption that you will not touch off these uh, these seeds of violence, of craving, and despair in us. So the negative seed, if they have not arise, do your best to keep them there. Don't give them a chance. The second step of uh, of, uh, of of um, diligence is that if it happens. That it has been touched and it has manifested the negative one. And then, with additions, help them to go home to this place. And there are many ways you can do that. It's like you have a, you have a compact disc. You take you have taken the wrong compact disc, and when you play, well, it uh, is not pleasant. So you just stop and you change uh, the CD. And when the new CD is played, well, it's very pleasant. So the Buddha at his time he did not have a compact disc. So he used, uh, he used the image of the pack, a changing pack. A carpenter, in order to link the two pieces of wood, uh, use a pack. And when the pack is not good, it cannot stand and then you can use a new pack and drive the old pack out. So that's change. Change your idea. Change the object of your mind consciousness. If uh, if uh, an idea uh, is negative, full of craving or anger manifest, uh, you can use your mind for breathing and touch another seat that is wholesome here and invite it to come up. And if it is interesting enough and the other seat will go down. But it should be more interesting. otherwise you will be fighting. So, with uh, with uh, skillfulness, with intelligence, we practice uh, the second step in order to change uh, the situation, helping the negative things to go down here, and helping the positive thing to come up. And when the positive things are up here, uh, the living room living room is occupied. No chance for the other guests to come. That is about the negative uh, seed. Now we come to the third, which is uh, a positive seeds. Positive wholesome seeds in stocklessness. If they have not manifested, help them to manifest. Read something. Say something. wash something. Let go water. The seat of compassion, of loving kindness in you so that it will manifest here. That's the th- third step. If you come to the practice center, that is exactly what to do. You have come in order to expose your store consciousness so that the Dharma talk, the bell, or the sight of brothers and sisters walking will touch off the seat of peace and happiness and calm in you. So that is the third step. You have to organize your life in such a way that the sits in you uh, be uh, be touched several times a day so that they can, they can manifest themselves on that level of mind consciousness. And that can be done very quickly. You invite a wonderful guest to be in the living room. They will change the whole situation. At the fourth step is when the good uh, the good uh, mental formation has already manifest. Try to keep them as long as possible in your living room. It's so pleasant to have a a a a, 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 a friend, a good friend, sitting in the living room. If there is a rain, and then you can, you say, that "My dear friend, it's raining outside, so stay and have another cup of tea." <cười> uh, you you try to persuade your good friend to stay as long as possible, because according to Buddhist psychology, the longer the the mental formation stay here. Uh, the stronger it will grow at the at the base. This is, applies to the positive as well as the negative. If you entertain if you entertain craving here for five minutes and the seed of craving here have five minutes in order to grow dangerous. That is why you are advised by the Buddha to help this to go back to go home as soon as possible and to invite the good thing, to come up, and when the good thing has come up, try to preserve them here as long as possible, because during the time it uh, continue to be here, its base down here, down there, will be strengthened. So the, the practice is very clear, very precise, and when when you use your intelligence, your skillfulness to organize uh, your practice. This is called True Diligence. And True Diligence can bring a lot of joy, a lot of happiness to you and to your beloved one. <coughs> So this confidence, faith, diligence. And the third source of power you already know, this is mindfulness. The fourth is concentration. And the fifth is insight, because the insight, insight is the fruit of mindfulness and concentration, and when you have the insight, the insight has the power of liberating you. It is by ignorance that we suffer. But when we begin to touch the insight, you have the insight touching our true nature—no birth, no death. There is no longer any fear. There is a compassion. There is acceptance. There is tolerance. And that is why insight is a tremendous source of happiness. The other day we learned that uh, we can bring in the feeling of joy and happiness. By letting go, letting go, and then the the second source of of happiness and joy is mindfulness, the third is concentration, and today we add three others faith. Delusions and insight, and let us explore the five powers in order to 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 create the source, the foundation for happiness. And happiness, you see, here is is not made of the five. Kind of craving, like uh, wealth, fame, power, sex, and so on. It it is made with uh, the practice of the five powers. Power, and this is the Buddha's teaching the five power. And now, as a student of the Buddha, you may you may create six powers. You add, you add, you add the practice of letting go, and you have six powers. Letting go is a power. And this is also the teaching of the Buddha. Five powers, six powers. Six powers are the source, tremendous source of joy and happiness and liberation. (cười) Made in Deer Park, six powers. We come to the uh, seventh exercise of the buddha recognizing the mental formation the uh, the feeling that is uh, that is painful the kind of uh, feeling of emotions that feeling that emotion has Is base on a seat here in store consciousness, and when it is water, become a zone of energy here: sadness, or fear, or anger. So. The feeling is is here as a mental formation, and when it is here, it is called a seed. A seed, chung, chung tu. Bija, uh, in Sanskrit. Mental formation is tamhan It's a citta, citta samskara. So when a bija become a citta samskara, and when it is a painful feeling. The practice is not to allow that feeling to overwhelm you. A good practitioner would know what to do and what not to do when a painful feeling manifests itself. (coughs) She is familiar with the practice of mindful breathing, mindful walking. The moment when the painful feeling arises, she comes home to her feeling, to, to her mindful uh, breathing. <coughs> and thus, she touches the seat of mindfulness in her and invites the seat of mindfulness to come up and to recognize the feeling. The, the painful feeling is a zone of energy here. You can call it uh, energy number one. In energy one. And mindfulness generated by the practice of mindful breathing, mindful walking, uh, can also re, uh, call uh, energy, a zone of energy created in mind consciousness, uh, energy uh, two. And energy two is to recognize energy one. Breathing in, I'm aware of the anger in me. Breathing in I'm aware of uh, the feeling of despair in me. Painful. Difficult to bear. So instead of having one kind of energy in mind consciousness, you have two kinds of energy of energy. And the second kind is the is the fruit of your practice of mindful breathing, mindful working. Uh, the second kind of energy is not there in order to fight the first, because in Buddhist practice there is no fighting, there is no violence. Mindfulness is you, but uh, sorrow is you. So mindfulness does not fight sorrow of fear the first thing that mindfulness has to do is that is to recognize breathing in i know that the feeling of despair is in me breathing out i smile to the energy of despair in me recognizing and not uh, denying not trying to run away is very important recognizing in fact mindfulness the first function of mindfulness is to to be aware to recognize oh my dear little uh, pain painful feeling I know you are there I will take good care of you and then you continue to practice so that uh, the energy of mindfulness continue to be generated and with that second uh, energy you embrace the first energy tenderly With utmost non-violence, it's like a mother holding her baby. Baby anger, baby despair, baby pain. The mother is not trying to punish or to do violence to her baby. The mother is there for the baby because the baby need her care. So mindfulness is the mother. And the painful feeling is the baby. And you as a practitioner. Every time a painful feeling is born, you go home and take good care of your feeling by the practice of mindfulness. Generated by the energy of mindfulness generated by the practice of mindful breathing, mindful walking. No violence. No effort to run away. You have to be there for fight. It's the, the practice of love. When your beloved one suffers, you have to practice the second mantra. The third mantra, darling, I know you suffer. That is why I'm here for you. This is exactly the, the practice. The third mantra, darling, I know you suffer. That is why I'm here for you. And that is mindfulness talking to the painful feeling and if you can continue for a few minutes the energy two will begin to penetrate into the energy one and there will be a transformation a relief first there is a relief and second there is a transformation it's like a lotus flower in the morning in the very early morning is still like this, but if the sunshine continues to shine on it, and then a few hours later, the lotus will open to the sunshine, and that is the energy of the sunshine penetrating. So the energy of mindfulness does not attack the energy of of, uh, of anger, of fear, but it embraces it, and begin to penetrate into it, neutralize it. And then you get a relief. And with the element of uh, of looking deeply, vipassana, there will be deep understanding of the nature of the feeling, and you can liberate and transform it uh, completely. But the first step is to recognize. The second step is to embrace. The third step is to bring a relief. And only with the fourth step with deep deep uh, looking you can bring the inside in order to transform entirely the feeling first step recognize second step embracing embrace third bringing a relief Fourth transformation, but in the four in the in the seventh exercise, the Buddha advised us to do the first thing only to become aware of the feeling, and the second thing is to embrace it, because the work of transformation <coughs> need. Some practice of looking deeply that will be offered in, a practice, uh, uh, of, uh, in, in the practice of in in the last four uh, exercises, because in the last four exercises we practice looking deeply into the nature of reality. If you have a copy of the book, the Path of Emancipation, and you can use use that 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 text, that book, to 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 find out more about this kind of practice. about ten years ago, we had a retreat in, uh, in uh, I think Burlington, in the, in the, in the state of Vermont, and we had twenty-one days in order to study the sutra on mindful breathing, the sixteen exercises, and all the Dhamma talks have been transcribed and made into a book called uh, uh, "The Path of Emancipation." So you may like to use that book as materials to help you understand better this this teaching. And on Wednesday we will continue with with the practice how to how to take care of the pain, the sorrow in us, and how to help transform them. (coughs) Thank you.